your dreams. So I'll ask one last question, then we'll talk about the actual disciplinary action, if that's okay. Um, sure. You know, we had a lesson last week in Elders Quorum here in Logan, Utah, and it was on um, uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost versus the light of Christ. And, you know, the, it's a it's a classic lesson where it's basically taught that, you know, what is the Holy Ghost and uh, a member is, is a member of the Mormon church is privileged because they have the gift of the Holy Ghost, which means that the Holy Ghost can be their constant companion, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, several times throughout this conversation, you've talked about the importance of spirituality in your life mm-hmm. um, and in your partner's life and in your husband's life. And, and, you know, for some Mormons and hopefully it's a minority, this cognitive dissonance is is arising in their minds. How in the world, you know, either he's lying or I don't understand how the Holy Ghost works because how can a man, how can a man who's sinning against God, violating God's law, you know, he must be delusional thinking that he's spiritual because the Holy Ghost clearly would be constantly withdrawn um, from someone who's involved in such a lifestyle. So, so you must be lying. So what I'd love to do is dis- help explain to a, a ultra-conservative um, LDS person uh, that spirituality is not maybe like they thought. Yeah, it isn't, um, if that's what they think. Uh, and it must make them crazy if they think that, uh, and if they know me, um, or people like me. Um, because... Uh, we believe as a church in personal revelation. We believe that as members, if we work hard and if we study and pray and fast and do all those things, that we have a right to personal revelation about our lives. And so it's not just going through all those motions even. It's it's dedicating your life to trying following the principles of, of Jesus and of the scriptures and trying to um, to be a better person. And uh, if we do that, I, I think we do have um, have the guidance of the Holy of the Holy Ghost, and I have felt that. I believe me, I prayed many many years and many hours, and uh, still do. And um, I I pray for guidance on things. I pray for my family. Uh, I pray when I have difficult decisions to make and. And I want to make sure that I'm making them right. And I get the same kind of answers that everybody else seems to be getting. So I don't think that that uh, the Holy Ghost is withdrawn from my life at all. I, I feel that uh, as long as I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and, and working at it, I, I, I have that. Same as I've always had it before. I have that same testimony and that same faith and that same moral compass that uh, that I've always had. It doesn't agree with theirs, I, I grant you. Uh, but uh, for me, it feels good. It feels right. I have that burning in my bosom. I have. Uh, I I can say that I, I have a, a very strong faith in the gospel, and so. Uh, I I just don't allow people to to take that away from me. And how do you reconcile this with the commandments as they're taught both in the Scripture and by past and present general authorities? 
Well, um, that's always a difficult one. Uh, I, I guess um, everybody has their, I mean, everybody has their spiritual hobbies or things that they believe or don't believe or accept or don't accept uh, uh, for one reason or another. Um, uh, you know, some people accept uh, the Book of Mormon, you know, as a literal translation of uh, golden plates that sit on the table and they look through glasses and that other people are say it's fine if he if Joseph Smith looked into a hat and saw it in a stone other people say you know it's okay if he was sitting by the river and received revelation you know, everyone has their way of understanding and coming to grips with uh, the questions they have in in uh, doctrine, in history, and practices, and in the church, and I've had to develop those myself. Um, to me, being true, um, not committing adultery is very important. Being uh, being true to your spouse, uh, service is very important. Um, the things that God told us in the scriptures, as uh, told us in scriptures, especially the New Testament. You know, love, um, love God, and love your neighbor, and demonstrate that. Um, those are the greatest commandments to me, and um, I've I've seen so many other things change in the church that I I just uh, I, I think that um, as the world changes, um, as it always will, then the church will also change as it will at its own pace. I mean, I spent most—I spent more than half my life with blacks not being able to have the priesthood, uh, and I stuck it out. That was very painful for me, very painful growing up the way I did, and um, and having to live with that. And I had no explanation for that. Uh, I made no excuses to anybody for that because I couldn't. I didn't have an answer for it. And uh, it's the same sort of thing, I guess. Uh, I um, I didn't believe that then, and uh, and I don't believe um, uh, I, I don't believe in being told or uh, that that my marriage and my life is not uh, and my family is not a valid and legitimate family. Uh, there is, I know, you can argue the scriptures all day as to whether or not. Uh, um, uh, it is outlawed. Uh, being homosexual is outlawed in in the scriptures. Uh, there's nothing in the Book of Mormon that I recall or Doctrine and Covenants or any modern scriptures about it. But certainly, um, or in the New Testament, other than some people do uh, um, do interpret uh, something from Paul as uh, speaking to that. But um, uh, I um, I just see it as. Uh, you know, and one of those things that I I'm just going to have to live with and disagree with. Hmm. I can't I can't reconcile it in that I can't convince anybody um, that I have a legitimate family, and uh, and they can't convince me that I don't. Uh, and I, you know, it's it's a mystery. I I think ultimately I'm willing to let God make that decision for me, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm at peace with that. So tell us about um, the confrontation or the, the climax um, and how this has played out until now. Right. Well, the, like I said before, the first inkling of it was when the, the 
the bishop called me in back in uh, mid-October. And then uh, in the first part of November, uh, the stake president called me in. We met, and he... Uh, and this is Nolan Archibald, right? Nolan Archibald, yeah. He's um, the stake president. He's uh, uh, president and CEO of Black & Decker Company, which is headquartered out here. And he's a very powerful man. Uh, he uh, gets his way. <laughs> uh, and uh, there, there are lots of stories that probably don't belong here. But because uh, he's, he's a good man. He does his job. He works very hard at it and uh, does uh, what he thinks is right um, uh, for the church. And so we, we met in early November, and he um, told me that I was not living um, some funda uh, fundamental teaching of the church uh, in that my marriage was not legitimate in the eyes of God and he gave me the choice of uh, either resigning my membership or he would call a disciplinary council and uh, I would then be facing excommunication. Did he seem uh, to have a preference for how uh, you might, which path you might follow? And he wanted me to go away quietly and I, uh, I, that was very clear and I said, well, you know, I've been living quietly for eight years in this in this stake, and and um, I I just want to be left alone. I'm not asking for any special favors. I I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to make any big disturbance or anything. I just I just want to have a peaceful family, like everybody else. Uh, and he was, um, you know, he's having none of it. He said, uh, "No, you got to make your choice." So I. Did he I did he him. seem sad or compassionate or, you know, like he was being in a bind or pressured or, you know, what what was the emotional um, coming from? This is all from my my sense of it. Uh, I, I it was all business. Um, it was all business. There uh, it was all. This is my duty. This is what is supposed to be. And and I found it kind of odd. So I started, you know, trying to bring in you know, talk about Jesus and about God and all that, but um, he he subconsciously, I think, just was having none of that. It was all about uh, the brethren are our, um, our spokesmen for God on earth, and what they say is the way it's going to be and has to be, and our, our church is a church of order, and this is my job, and I have to do my job. Uh, there, there was actually no religious overtones to it at all, other than I was disobeying. Uh, I, I seemed to be disobeying God. Mm -hmm. Never actually asked me, by the way. Uh, he just uh, never asked reported. you what. He never asked me anything about uh, uh, my relationship, the nature of it, or anything, other than uh, me telling him that I was married. Like if there were sexual relations or anything like that. Never brought that up. Um, and um, in fact, when called me in, he called me in. He said because he had heard I was married, and that uh, he wanted to make sure I was aware that that uh, it was not a legitimate marriage. Hmm. Um, so I I left, and I told him I would I would get back with him. He said, so just give me a call and let me know what you decide. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, but I take this a lot more seriously than that. You'll have my answer, and and you'll you'll have it in writing. Um, so I did. I sat down. I wrote to him, and I just a one-page letter recounting our conversation and making sure that I understood correctly 
reiterating that I I was disappointed that um, I felt like the bishop had broken confidence without asking me, uh, and that uh, and I I, I was still um, uh, unhappy about that, but that I understood uh, his position. I was I tried to explain what it was, and and um, and it was delivered, and then I heard nothing. Um, during that that conversation with him, I asked him if he had spoken to anyone else, and and he said uh, first he said no, and I said, well, you haven't spoken to anybody, you haven't spoken to like any regional authorities or general authorities or anybody about this, and uh, he said no, and I said, well, somebody, you haven't talked to anybody about this, and he and he finally says, well, yes, I did speak with the previous state president, who is now a member of the sixth quorum of the seventy, and uh, someone I know well. Mm -hmm. Ralph Hardy and uh, so um, after uh, my meeting and I sent the letter to uh, to President Archibald I set an appointment and met with Ralph Hardy and uh, he confirmed that they had spoken and they had spoken very highly of me and he recounted some of the things in the bishopric that I had done that uh, in a very difficult time and he expressed sympathy, but said he's the stake president, not me, and uh, et cetera. So I, I said, well, you know, I just, I just wanted to go away. I want to be, I want to live in peace. I want to go back there, to that peaceful place where I can worship. And so, if you have the opportunity to speak to President Archibald, and you have my permission. <laughs> Uh, you can express to him that I would really like to just go back to living uh, my life in peace. I didn't understand uh, at this point why this um, this church that talked about the family so much was seemed so intent on tearing mine up, and uh, I was starting to get really really concerned about it uh, at this point. Um, it was about then that I reached out and I started wondering if I was the only you know married Mormon active guy in the world uh, and certainly wanted to know if if any had been facing discipline so I started asking around I I went first to Mormon Alliance who who documents uh, cases that uh, they feel are ecclesiastical abuse and and uh, they didn't know of a case and I went back to uh, affirmation and their lists and nobody knew of of any case before where this had, this had happened and so i just didn't understand why you know why this this was going on um, so when i heard nothing for uh, for about 3 months and then uh, the state president called me again president archibald wanted to meet again so we met again at his house, and he acknowledged having received my letter three months earlier, and uh, he agreed that uh, what I had said in there was uh, was indeed the substance of our conversation. Uh, he didn't believe that the bishop speaking to him was a breach of confidentiality, but other than that, uh, we agreed on on the rest of it. And uh, he asked me again if I had reconsidered the options, and he encouraged me to resign. Um, and I declined to resign. To how, did resign. He, how did he encourage you? He said, I really recommend that, that you resign because um, 
I don't make, we don't want to make this difficult on you and on your family and on the rest of the church. And I remember saying, it's, it's going to be fine with me. <laughs> it's not going to be difficult on me. Uh, it's not going to be difficult on my family. Um, I think the church will survive. I see no one who's, who would win from this. And I told him I felt like I was pushed up against a cliff. And, and he was saying, um, Jumper will push you. And that didn't seem like a, a very um, fair way to be treated in, uh, you know, in the religion of Jesus and uh, a religion centered around families. And I felt like I was standing on that cliff and holding that hand of my husband and my daughter and my progenitors and my ancestors and and all that was about to be broken apart uh, if I didn't jump uh, he was going to push me and see that it happened and uh, so I just uh, I, I, I said I, I can't in uh, in conscience uh, resign my membership it's just uh, it is not um, uh, it's not an option for me. That would be uh, untrue to who I am. So uh, that's uh, kind of where we left it. And um, the bishop, who's my home teacher, a few weeks later, a couple weeks later, visited me, and we discussed a bit where things were headed. Uh, I explained to him how sad I was that that uh, the prison Archibald was so intent on getting me to resign. Uh, that I just didn't understand that I understood that you, you know, you could resign yourself, um, or you would, if you were being accused of uh, some sort of uh, uh, behavior um, or speaking out or something against the church, that you could then be brought before a council. And uh, so I, I wasn't getting it. And. Um, uh, why he was trying to push me to resign, and and at this by this point, uh, word had gotten out because it'd been three months, and and people were asking me, you know, what's happening? What's happening? Um, uh, soon there were some press people that were calling, and I wasn't talking to anybody. I I didn't want to uh, get into all that. Uh, and I explained this to the bishop. I said, um, "This is this is a bigger deal than the, than the state president understands, and it uh, it's bigger than I am, bigger than he is, and and there's going to be a lot of explaining to do. And I don't want this to happen. I just want to go back to living in peace. That's all I've ever asked for. That's what I want. And um, so we have permission to speak to the state president again. And I said, of course, and. Uh, and he did. Um, and then a few days later, the state president called me, and he was uh, uh, he was pretty angry uh, and asked why I was so intent on embarrassing the church and uh, all this kind of stuff. And I kept trying to explain, no, that's not my intent. I had resisted all these requests for press interviews and all that. But uh, I... You know, I was not going to just jump off the cliff. And I asked him if he had spoken with any leaders in Salt Lake uh, about the implications of this uh, of this crusade. And he said that he, um, well, he wouldn't say. Uh, finally, he he did say that he uh, his 
he, he says, my, my uh, discussions with my priesthood leaders are confidential, mm. which I interpreted to be a yes, but then that's maybe just my interpretation. Right. He gave me a couple of articles to read that I had already read, uh, a speech by um, Elder Oaks and a, a story from the Ensign from a couple of years back. And um, and I thanked him, and I did go home and read them again to see if there was something I, I had missed. But uh, I told him at the time, I, I said, um, I, I'm not going to resign, and uh, and you are going to get asked about this because uh, uh, I'm going to be asked about it, and, and I will grant interviews about it if I'm asked. And, uh, but... Uh, so the third time he'd asked me to resign, I said no, and he said, "Okay, I'll. I'm going to have to call a council." And I was leaving town for a few weeks, and he agreed not to hold the disciplinary council until after I return. And that's basically um, where the two of us left it. Um, but he is uh, uh, the uh, and. I did speak with a reporter from Associated Press, and uh, and told her uh, you know how to get a hold of him so that she could make sure to get uh, all sides of it. She was, I think, very thorough. Uh, she spoke to the church. Um, she had done a, an interview with President Hinckley before. She she knew the church uh, uh, pretty well and the dynamics there. She had a good relationship with the press office, and so she wanted to present. Uh, um, present a, a fair portrait of someone who was uh, being threatened with being excommunicated for um, being married. Um, it, it was really tough because I asked uh, President Archibald, well, what would I have to do to, uh, to be back in full fellowship if I were to you know, discover I was a sinner and want to repent and all that? And, and uh, he basically led me to believe that I had to move to Canada and establish a year of residency, get a divorce, come back, and uh, you know start the process of repentance and uh, all the rest, and live the rest of my life as a uh, you know as an unmarried uh, and unfulfilled and celibate gay person. And so uh, she wanted to get. Uh, get both sides of it she could see that it was uh, a difficult question and um, she did and and uh, he uh, uh, thought I was mischaracterizing it but he wouldn't explain how and you know so it's uh, it's where it is that uh, went out on the Associated Press wire uh, yesterday the uh, 15th of March and uh, the Ides of March <laughs> and uh, it's um, sort of taken on a life of its own, mm. uh, and it, again, it's I, I have no intention and no reason to uh, uh, to embarrass the church, and I I don't believe it does. I any more than I believe the history of the church embarrasses the church. It is what it is. You know, you you believe what you believe, and you uh, if you believe you have the truth, then you open your doors. You you open your doctrine, your your thoughts. You share them, and people either accept them or they don't. 
Um, but there's nothing to be embarrassed about, and I'm so I'm not trying to embarrass them. Um, they, the church has huge resources in public relations and attorneys and you know public affairs and spin and all that. I don't have any of that. I, I I'm I have no intention of going up against that kind of thing. I just want to be left in peace. Just want to have my little quiet little family. That's all I've that's all I've ever wanted, and I think that's what everybody wants. So. I uh, I want I just want the same thing. So I don't want to you know feel free to not answer this this question at all. But um, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm I'm sure you've heard of uh, oh, who was it uh, the the anthropologist in Washington who did a lot of work on DNA in in the Book of Mormon. Um, yes. Yes. What, what's his name? I've forgotten, but I, I do know who you're it's not, it's not about. Simon Southerton. It's it's oh. uh, anyway. Um, he yeah. he he was called in, into a disciplinary council, and he actually um, brought. I think he brought the press uh, with him, and um, and what that led to was them calling off the disciplinary council. Uh, Thomas Murphy. Thomas Murphy Thomas. is his name, and um, and to this day, apparently, they've left him alone, even though. He basically has has gone public saying that he uh, no longer believes the Book of Mormon's historical, um, and that it must be inspired fiction. Um, I, I don't want you to reveal your thoughts or or predict the future, but how do you how do you intend on uh, handling the disciplinary council? Um, I or do you know? I, I could see. Yeah, I. I... I believe it should be a um, a public event. I, I see no reason why the church should be embarrassed about it. Um, they, I, they they confront me with um, with whatever their charge is, and I have a chance to confront them with my uh, uh, with my witnesses. Um, and uh, it's a uh, uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable to uh, invite one's family and friends and anybody else who wants to come along. And I don't have any illusions uh, about how church uh, disciplinary councils work. I've been in bishoprics. Um, the decision lies entirely with the stake president. Uh, there's no question about that. And so um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a formality. And because it's a formality and uh, there isn't um, much, I mean, it isn't, it isn't uh, like... Um, Anybody's going to vote against him, you know, or any of that. So, uh, so I see no reason not to um, uh, not to require him to answer for uh, for the church. He's speaking for them. Uh, he's throwing me out in their name. Uh, he should, I think, uh, feel perfectly comfortable in that position and comfortable speaking to it. And uh, and so. I expect to have family members there. I expect to have uh, um, uh, lots of friends and others who care, um, and so that's uh, probably what what will happen. Hmm. The uh, Safe Space uh, LDS Safe Space Coalition uh, has sort of taken on our family as a campaign. <laughs> They've adopted us, and uh, their uh, in their website they they've provided a way to. Uh, to write letters to the stake president or the counselors, and they'll print those out and and deliver them uh, in advance. 
and also to purchase pink uh, carnations to deliver as a symbol of uh, they've done this for general conference before um, as a symbol of uh, trying to 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 make the church, the LDS church, a safe place for for everybody, and uh, so they will have their, uh, I'm sure their event, uh, and um, and everybody who takes place in it uh, should, I think, um, face the gravity of of it all. Um, myself and everyone should should face it equally. So I'm not at all um, adverse to having uh, anybody wants to show up, show up. Uh, and I mean, you know, history is is replete in in seminal moments with people who are willing to be the test case to push an issue and and have it um, be a prime instigator for change. I mean, are 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 you still of the feeling that? you would rather this all just go away or do you really now are you at the point where you really want to force the church's hand and and you sort of might be feeling like a, a symbol to help be one of the prime movers in in really getting the church to change its policy and its doctrine and its practices with how they deal with our, our homosexual brethren and sisters uh at the beginning, um, I and still, if they called it all off, uh, I would be delighted. That's all I want. That's all I've ever wanted, and I I wouldn't be. I would be perfectly happy. That that's the uh, that's my goal, uh, and that was always my goal. And uh, so, uh, but also in the back of my mind now that it's gone this far. Um, and I'm I'm being pushed uh, sort of to this inevitable conclusion um, against my will. Um, I'm I'm of the mind that uh, if somebody else can see it and learn from it, um, maybe uh, be more enlightened uh, about uh, the issues. Uh, if they think about the ramifications of of what they're saying about you know Canadian civil law and respect for it uh, if they think about um, the real natures of families and how people put them together uh, if I get people to think about that along the way then that's a bonus but I'd still be perfectly happy if they just drop it I'd much rather have that and if you were to if you know you you reference things like uh, blacks getting the priesthood uh, you know, there's obviously polygamy, which is a hot topic in the news these days. Mm -hmm. you know, major changes in the church. <clears throat> I'd like to hear your view on how this plays out, sort of in a 1, 5, 10, 20, 50 year scenario. Do you have in your mind a chronology of, of what major steps and progress might happen to where uh, homosexuals would receive the same... Uh, type of changes um, that that the other groups have. I think it would probably take place in in much the same way. Um, there would be a lot of pressure um, uh, against the church to uh, sort of um, uh, you know join the rest of uh, 
the civilized world, um, and the rest of the civilized world isn't there yet, so it's going to take a while. Um, but there, I think it would be, it would start with um, with things like this, where the outside world is uh, is stepping one direction, the church is stepping another direction. Uh, the international church wants to grow in places that are legalizing um, marriage between two people of the same sex. So they don't have marriage equality in the church, and they're in countries that do have marriage equality. So uh, there's a disconnect there, and uh, eventually that's going to be too hard for them, I think. And they're going to have to start thinking about it, and they're going to have to do what they did before, which is pray about it a lot, ask the questions, seek inspiration, seek revelation, uh, whatever it takes to bring, uh, to bring peace. And, um, and things as, uh, as dramatic as polygamy, which uh, it was taught by Joseph Smith, you cannot get into the celestial kingdom, the highest level of the celestial kingdom, unless you uh, practice polygamy. Well, we don't believe that now. Uh, that seems um, really out there. And uh, so I, I think in, in time we'll look back and we'll say, you know, it really wasn't worth all that pain that, uh, that people had to go through. Uh, family is a family. You know, they, they want the same thing for their kids. They go, want to go to their PTA meetings. Uh, uh, they're soccer dads. Uh, it's just um, it's just part of of life, and that's the way it is uh, with my friends uh, around here. A lot of them. Uh, I mean, I'm completely out at work. Uh, I always have been. Um, no one thinks anything about it. Uh, I have full spousal benefits at Mike's job. Um, I'm listed as a spouse uh, because it's an international organization, and and they honor that. Um, so I think the church will eventually uh, have to confront it, and um, and however they uh, they're inspired to deal with it, uh, they will eventually and in incrementally, I think, deal with it. I've seen some movement in my life. It used to be, you know, somebody said, uh, you know, he's homosexual, and they were out immediately. There was no question about it. Uh, that isn't the case anymore. The the it changes and it's changed in time. The church is a little more tolerant in, in a lot of ways, um, but uh, right now they're kind of um, kind of hunkering down. So, uh, like the rest of the country, and so it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I, I do see eventually um, a uh, a loosening up uh, of some kind. And, and if you had to predict. <coughs> Which would happen first, the church dissolve or men would be married in the temple um, and, and hold, you know, any calling that a heterosexual uh, man would hold? Which which do you predict happening? Um, or can you even say? I, I know it's speculative. but I can't even see um, at this point uh, a time when uh, two men would be married in the temple. Uh, I, it doesn't even cross my uh, my universe. Uh, I just want um, I just want to worship with everybody. I think I'm perfectly capable of serving. 
I'm capable of praying in church, certainly. I'm capable of teaching a class. Uh, I'm capable of all those things, uh, and I'm in a ward that could certainly use me. And could certainly use an extra home teacher. But, um, uh, the, you know, they determined that, uh, uh, you know, being married to a man disqualifies me for all of that. And, uh, you know, the, the presumption that, um, uh, you know, that I'm living a life that's inconsistent with, uh, with the teachings of Jesus. So I think that, uh, uh, that, that probably won't come for a very long time, <laughs> if ever, uh, because the, uh, the eternal man-woman thing is, uh, such a strong part of, uh, of the heritage of the church. Um, it used to be, you know, man and more than one woman. Uh, there have been a lot of things that have changed, but uh, uh, but I think it'll be a, a very long time because the the external forces aren't there yet to uh, to put the pressure on. Hmm. But I think I think within my lifetime, I hope within my lifetime, uh, there will at least be an acceptance that we're humans, and that uh, rather than pity and uh, compassion that there is uh, acceptance and a realization of who we are and a more welcoming attitude uh, and that we would get a chance to serve uh, serving callings. I, I think that's that's a reasonable request and uh, a reasonable goal and um, I, I don't see that that hurts, uh, hurts anyone and benefits everyone. Well, Buckley Jepson, I just want to, um, on behalf of my listeners and myself, tell you it's been an honor and a privilege to, in what I, I see as a historic moment, to be able to talk to you a day after uh, this broke and have you share your story with us. For me, it's a very moving and inspiring tale. Well, it is. It's, um, it's not one I would have chosen for myself. <laughs> but then I, I think um, so many times... Uh, you know, people um, don't choose what they uh, where they end up being. It just happens that they're at a place and a time, and it's them. And that's kind of kind of where I am. And I I accept uh, I accept that I accept it as a calling, and I'll uh, do whatever I can to make it right. Well, thanks again. Thank you for coming on Mormon Stories. Asking and keep up the good work. It's great. I enjoy listening. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, for our listeners, just to close, uh, thank you for tuning in to this uh, podcast. We'd like to encourage you to please uh, visit um, uh, mormonstories.org, which is the blog uh, that I run, but also LDS Liberation Front, um, which is which is the other blog that I'm affiliated with. Uh, the good people there. Um, if you have comments or, or suggestions or thoughts, please do um, please do feel free to engage in the communities there. In addition, um, uh, there is this uh, Safe Space Coalition. Is that right? That's right. The uh, website is ldssafespace.org, and uh, it's a very good place to to get uh, information not just about um, uh, about uh, our story, but uh, 
uh, also about what the Safe Space Coalition is about, their declaration, and and some of the campaigns they've been involved in. It's a good group. So check that out. And my, my personal thanks to Helmut, uh, lots who, who sort of brought all this together. Got to give a shout-out to our homie Helmut. He's actually sending me instant messages saying, when is this thing going to be over? So <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll thank you again, Buckley, for coming on. Thank our listeners. Please send us an email at mormonstories uh, at gmail.com, and uh, we hope to talk to you again very soon. Thanks, and take care. You too. Depth of your dreams, the height of your wishes.